Welcome to Aging in Full Bloom with Lisa Stockdale, sponsored by Capital Healthcare Network, an Ohio-based, family-owned and operated company providing solutions that help seniors age on their own terms. Those solutions include home care, senior living, nursing home and rehab care, and hospice. Learn more at CapitalHealthCareNetwork.com. I'm Lisa Stockdale. Thank you for joining me for this podcast. Today our topic is um, how to improve your doctor's visit. And my friend Annette Takoris is with me. Um, she has a company called Guided Patient Services. And we talked about the fact that she's a patient advocate. If you don't listen to all our podcasts, you better do that so you can stay up to date on what's going on around here. Um, Annette is a, a medical physician, and she's got some great tips to share with us about how to improve your doctor's visit. It can get better. Oh, it definitely can. Get okay, better. you tell me all about it. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually one of my most requested talks. I always offer up three, four, and every single time they're like, "No, no, no, do that one." So um, I find that this is very well received. Um, it doesn't matter the age of the audience. Um, Because everybody wants to make their doctor visit better. They do. You've taken the time to go to the appointment. You probably have a concern or you wouldn't be going. Uh And you'd really like to walk out of there with it having been addressed. I hear you. So um, being on both sides of the equation, I've been the doctor. I know what I wish I could have willed my patients to have done or what they how they would have approached the appointment. Uh-huh. And then I've sat with patients or family members or as their advocate and realized what I really wish the physician could have brought to their half. Yeah. Of the, so it really is a, a, it's a dance and I'm trying to teach people how to dance better. And you're in a position to be a good dance instructor. So yes, let's I hear am. Yes, I am. So one of the first things I encourage people to do is to write down questions and they just kind of look at me like that's the most simple thing I could do. And and many of my clients have been CEOs. They've, they've been part of a company. And I said, you know, did you, did you have an agenda when you had your team meetings, when you had your board meetings? Well, of course. And I said, this is no different. Yeah. You know, there, there's an, if you have an agenda in place, you go in with got to get through these things. Maybe you've got a couple extras if time allows that I'd like to get to, but I can't come out of that meeting or that appointment without the following things being covered. Mm -hmm. So I encourage people five questions and put them in order of importance and hope that you get through the top three. Because you're going to forget if you don't write it down. You're going to get sidetracked or... Mm -hmm. And don't do this sitting. I mean, if you've forgotten, do it sitting in the waiting room. But I encourage people, I think all of us, if it's a routine appointment or a follow-up appointment, mm-hmm. three months have gone by, maybe six, maybe a whole year. And so you have those, that little catch here, that little something that you're noticing there. Does this really mean something? Um, I encourage people to kind of keep a running list going of concerns that you have. And then yeah. maybe a couple of days or a week before the appointment, really structure out what you want to cover when you get there. That sounds great. All right. Pencil and paper. That sounds silly, too. But if you don't have pencil and paper in the appointment and the words start to fly, I think you have the following diagnosis. I want you to take the following medication. I'd like you to have the following um, procedure done at such and such a hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, the best of us can't retain that. And if you're trying to retain it, then you're also not listening to everything that comes after. Yeah. So um, make sure you get a little tablet. Maybe you take the same tablet every time you go so you can actually go back and look at, oh, gee, we talked about this the last time. He's right. And I didn't go and do the following. You know, Just yeah. keep it all in one place. Now it's a medical journal. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. 
The third thing is I encourage people to bring an extra pair of ears. And um, people, more so men than women, are very reluctant to do this. They don't want someone else in that room. What? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes, they don't want somebody hearing. They don't feel as though they can speak freely. Um, I just tell them, you know, it's really important. I don't know of anyone who catches everything. Um, and the nuances of everything, especially if you're given some news that perhaps you weren't anticipating. Yeah. Um, even good news, I guess, um, kind of gets you a little off kilter, and then you don't quite hear the full context of what was being said. So have that other person there listening. Maybe even they're the one transcribing um, what was said or, or writing down what, what has happened. Um, you know, if you're uncomfortable with them being in the room, you can always ask them to leave for certain aspects of the visit, or you know, maybe you don't want them there during the physical. Um, yeah. If there's a physical part to the um, appointment, they can just step out in the hallway or go back to the waiting area. But to have them there as you initially present your concerns or as you hear um, results of your tests, I think it's very, very important. I agree. I know that, um, I have gone along with my mother on some of her Mm -hmm. appointments and afterwards driving home, we'll talk about what was discussed and the two of us don't always hear the same Mm -hmm. thing, (laughs) but you put us both together. We might come up with something, Mm -hmm. something accurate. So there's a big benefit to that. Yeah. It could be kind of concerning. Usually the person whose visit it is, um, oftentimes will hear things, um, less positively than they were really presented. Mm-hmm. And, and I've spoken with couples where uh, very serious discrepancies in what they, the takeaway was for what yeah. was really going on. So extra ears. You can ask, and I would never do this without asking, you can ask about um, uh, audio taping or using your phone to do like a voice memo of it. Okay. Um, but I think more and more offices are saying that they're discouraging you from doing that and asking you to not do that. So if that's something you want to do because you don't have someone to come with you, I would I would ask permission of the staff or of the physician. Okay, honest question. Why mm-hmm. do they not want us to do that? They, those doctors, you people. <laughs> I'm not I'm not certain. In some cases I'm guessing there are regulations that every most people work for a health system and maybe it's a statewide uh, okay. or system wide um, restraint. Um, other times, I think we're all a little concerned that we'll be held to every last word that was mm-hmm. said, and it, it probably has medical legal complications sure. or implications, I mean to say. Next one? Yeah, give me two. Uh, I call it the bag of pills. Um, and a lot of people, if you carry uh, the medications that you're on on a little list that gets folded up multiple times and then it's stuck in your wallet or your purse. <laughs> and then purse. lost and washed. And- yeah, whatever. <laughs> if you can still read it and it's still accurate, that's better than nothing. Yes. Um, but I have seen people get it all that information on a postage stamp and it's a little difficult to read. <laughs> I actually encourage them to take a Ziploc bag and just clean out what you're really taking because I'm guessing they're in the kitchen or they're wherever you take your pills. So that way, when you say, I ran out of the little blue one, Mm -hmm. that's not very helpful. Yeah. But if you hand somebody the bottle and say, this is the little blue one. Well, now not only do you know what that specific medication is, but what the strength of it is, when it was last filled. Mm -hmm. And if it shouldn't, you shouldn't have run out of them. Somebody's going to say to you, well, why would you need to have this refilled? You should have only had half of them gone by now. And then comes the realization that maybe you were taking twice as many as you were supposed to, or Mm -hmm. the doctor has you down as taking half as many as you really are. However, I just think, you know, it gives you all the information you need is right there. 
Yeah. And there's no no confusion. I also tell people in a separate bag to put things that you've stopped taking or perhaps something you've been allergic to because if you can't conjure up that name right away and now maybe you have a urinary tract infection, they're going to give you an antibiotic again. And you say, well, it wasn't you who prescribed it, but somebody else did. And it was, <laughs> it was that big pill that was half this color and half the other color. That's not as helpful as handing the bottle and saying, I <laughs> took this once before and yeah. I didn't do well with it. Absolutely. And so. it's hard to remember, mm-hmm. you know, the names of medications. And mm-hmm. we know that many of our seniors are taking more than two or three. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, just and, bring them in with you. And oftentimes if a nurse or someone actually goes through the whole bag of pills, um, they will say, this one and this one are the same. And, you you know, the patient will say, well, no, it's not. This one's called this and this one's called this. That's the same name for the same medication. Mm. So you may have a cardiologist who's prescribing something and the internist is prescribing something. It's the exact same medication. And now somebody's taking way more than anyone anticipated they were taking. And that's another good point. If you're dealing with more than one physician, Mm -hmm. you've got some specialists involved. Um, We think that everything's online and that we Mm -hmm. share all kinds of information, but maybe not. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and if you're able to, and I realize everyone, myself included, is trying to find the most cost-effective way of filling prescriptions, mm-hmm. but if you're able to stick with the same pharmacy, I think that's terribly helpful <laughs> because that pharmacist yes. can say, do you know that you just filled this here? And, you know, what, whatever the circumstances may be, the, Absolutely. they have a lot of checks and balances in place if you're getting them from the same pharmacy. Yeah. And I even, you know, I'm a home care girl. So even mm-hmm. thinking about how we transition them home um, successfully and, you know, they forgot to tell us they're using three different pharmacies and mm-hmm. we're just trying to find the one with the prescriptions. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Anything else or does that about wrap it up? Well, let's do one more for today. Um, allergies and, you know, it kind of goes along with um, the medications. If there's a drug allergy, you need to always be aware of that. Um, and I think people just assume that, well, I've told them this before. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you the number of times I go in with the same client and to the same office or to the same health system. And it seems to take more than one time for that allergy to stick so to speak, um, in the medical record. Yeah. And so I always encourage people to know what they are and be able to say those off the top of your head, carry them in your wallet again. Um, sometimes I feel like tattooed might be a good idea too. <laughs> um, but allergies and not just to medications. If you've got food allergies, um, mm-hmm. latex allergies, seasonal allergies, um, allergies to things like dyes or flavorings that may be in medications, I think all of those are important for you to be aware of. Agreed. You got one more for us? We got time. Oh, we do. Um, healthcare team. Again, this seems intuitive. Well, I know who my doctors are, but do your doctors know who your doctors are? Yeah. So I think that knowing that the pulmonary doctor writes for all of my asthma medications, mm-hmm. and my internist knows that, and I know that, my pulmonary doctor knows that, and my kidney specialist takes care of these things, but he knows that my pulmonary doctor is doing this, that, and the other thing. Yeah. So I think having a really clear vision of who makes up your healthcare team Um you know, if you see a nurse practitioner, you know, try and stick with the same nurse practitioner. Mm-hmm. If you have a physician, you know, to the best of your ability, try and keep those as few people, few spoons in your pot mm-hmm. as possible. 
um, and then keep them straight so that when somebody says, you know, I'm going to take care of fulfilling this prescription, you say, no, 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 I get that with the cardiologist. Somebody's got to be, and I put the, unfortunately, I put the responsibility on the patient. Know who your people are, know what they're, they're responsible for, and keep everybody on the straight. And, well, and unfortunately, know. I guess, if you want to put it that way, ownership, your, your health, you own it. And you have to take that ownership. We call it patient engagement in the healthcare world, don't we? But the idea is um, that you are your own best advocate. Um, and it's your job to stay organized and, and be in the know and share information with your providers so that everybody stays on the same page. Wonderful, wonderful advice. Um, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Till next time, may the road rise to meet you. May the wind be forever at your back.